guest with us this week we are joined by alan welcome welcome alan it's weird i talked to the podcast list we could actually answers back (laughs) you just sit there listening to us going no you're wrong (laughs) karen karen's the best character ever (laughs) sorry you're like karen's the best character ever (laughs) come on stop swearing (laughs) (laughs) but this week we are going to be covering uh, episode, uh, what episodes are we doing? Four and five. Four and five. Of Jessica Jones season three. It's a good job I have these guys here this week to tell me what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> what show are we doing? Where am I? What's going on? Um, but as always, we're going to start with a little bit of news. Not very much, but a couple of bits I thought I should mention. And one thing we were talking about before we started recording, Alan, you mentioned that you've seen the re-release of Avengers Endgame. I was going to ask you guys if yep. any of you had seen it. No. No, I'll just wait on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, without spoilers, Alan, I mean, I've, I've heard, like you said, you have there is some new stuff after the credits and it's sort of a few bits of you know the kind of diminishing quality but it's, what sort of were it, your reactions so it, it was basically it was about three separate segments uh one of which is worth watching and I imagine will be on the, the blu-ray and it was basically like uh, uh, uh this kind of three four minute video of stan lee during all his cameos Aww. And basically yeah. him being interviewed and saying how lucky he feels, how privileged he feels, that the fact that his characters, you know, these characters that he wrote 50, 60 years ago, and mm-hmm. are these big movie characters, and it's, you know, it, it, it's, because uh, it, it was the one thing I, the one thing I didn't like about Endgame is the fact that they didn't do the same Marvel intro as Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. the Stanley tribute. Yeah, I kind of wish yeah. they did as well. I think it would uh, be nice for for that. And then the other two bits, uh, one was like um, a deleted scene from the movie, mm-hmm. uh, and it was quite obviously deleted very early in the process because it's it's a scene with the Hulk, uh, and the Hulk in it has no facial expression and physically doesn't move. It's just like a, a floating... <laughs> uh, a ball on a stick. <laughs> uh, not, no, there is a rendered Hulk there. It's just not very well rendered. Nice. Um, and it's it's a scene... I don't know if it's basically just to reintroduce the Hulk before he appears in the actual film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I'll be honest, the film didn't need it. I can see why it was dropped. If that was the case, like it seems 
I mean, if it was before he's re- reintroduced in the film, I, I think the way he's reintroduced into the film is really good because you yeah. don't realise at first how different... You think you'd sort of hear the voice, I think, if I remember right. And you think it's just going to be Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner and then you see it's the Hulk and it's kind of the first big laugh, I think, of the movie. Um, um, yeah. Uh, and the, the final thing is, I'm assuming it's just a clip from, uh, from Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. It's basically, um, oh, what's she called? Uh, it's uh, Nick Fury and Kirby Smuller's character. Oh, Maria Hill. Maria Hill arriving at this site in Mexico where there's been a, quote-unquote, storm with a face. Okay. <laughs> and then randomly a rock monster comes out the ground and Mysterio attacks him. Oh, Okay. And then that's it. That that's literally the last clip. So it's. I'll be honest. When I first heard this, I thought it was going to be like an extended cut. Yeah. And it's yeah. not. It's just does a kind of bits bolted on to the end of it. And I mean, I know I can see why they're doing it because as long as they get forty three million dollars out of it, that's them achieve their goal. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a bit of a shame though because it would be nice if it was something. I don't know, like. I, I don't know, like something to do with Phase Four, I guess, um, that people would be really excited. I don't know, that be yeah. really excited about because, like you said, it sounds like. I mean, Spider Man, people can see in a couple of days anyway, and yeah. the other stuff, like it could be on the Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray is not going to be that far away. So well, it's yeah. So the ones you know, I've got to build. What the rumors going around, I think, were that the rumors flying around was it, it was it was somehow they were going to do a post-credit scene that was going to introduce Doctor Doom. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And one of the other things I heard, and I knew it was a scene that was cut, which is in the scene at uh, the the Soulstone location. Mm -hmm. Apparently there was an action scene originally meant to be there involving Thanos' ship and Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. Um, That was... Yeah. I heard that they were thinking of doing the one... um, People thought it might be the one they filmed with the... I can't remember the actress's name, but she's the actress from 13 Reasons Why, who was cast yeah. to play Morgan Stark when she was older. Um, and they filmed it, a scene between her and Tony, in, in the Soul Stone, and then they cut it out. So I think people mm-hmm. thought it might be that scene, but I'm, I'm kind of glad they cut that scene out, because I don't... Yeah. Once you, you have... Seeing Tony in the hologram at the end is kind of enough. You don't want to be seeing a character running around and chatting loads, you know, after they've died. Otherwise, it just kind of takes it away. Yeah. Um, also, what's the Soulstone doing there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows how the Soulstone works? <laughs> Not me. I, I, guess, I guess the positive... Because I've heard the same about the same scenes that you, you spoke about. Um, but I, I think the only thing I really would like to see is like the little cut of Stan Lee. I think that would be nice to see. And, and mm. you're right. I'm sure that's on the Blu-ray. Um, but, and so eventually that's just going to make it online somewhere. Yeah. Um, but what I do like is like, if they didn't have anything to add, and this is definitely just a money grab for them. I mean, that's all this is at this point. Um, They're just trying to beat Avatar, I think. Yeah, it, that, that's exactly Oh, that's the that's point, exactly absolutely. It. Yeah, and, and I get that. But what I like about it is that that means that that movie came out exactly how they wanted that movie to come out. And yeah, that, that's yeah. good, because that's the only thing with extended cuts sometimes. I feel like, oh, I, I wish 
that they would have just added the pieces they wanted added in, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where it's Mm -hmm. like, this is like, okay, well, these are like tacked on pieces. It made sense. These pieces weren't in the original film. And that means that film came out exactly how they wanted it to come out. And that's great. For me, like, yeah, great. Final of that piece. I could have done with the Stan Lee part being in it. That's the one thing I think that would have, I can see why they wouldn't have, but if if they started Endgame with that, like before the movie started, like everyone would have just been crying before the movie. Oh yeah, they gone from <laughs> if they went from that to Hawkeye's family all dying. Yes. I mean, oh my god, I don't th- I don't think Vicky would have survived. Like my friend Vicky, no, no. I think. <laughs> The one yeah. thing that would have been awesome if they'd extended the cut, just tying it into this podcast, it would have been awesome if the Defenders had shown up. Oh. It would have been awesome if they did the, uh, the the meme that, you know, we've mentioned a few times where the, yes. <laughs> they do a post credit scene and it cuts to Hell's Kitchen and Matt, Matt Murdock and the rest of the Defenders, they're just standing there going, any minute now, that portal's going to appear. Any minute now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> any minute. Stuff like, I want, I, you know... Now I'm just like, okay, because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten approved already for another season. Has it? So I I'm, thought this was oh, the last yeah. one. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I figured it was it was being cancelled because of the whole Disney Plus thing, so that's interesting. No, so they're coming back again next year, so I'm like, why can't the Defender... We already know that there's connections with those two... I mean, well, all the universes, but specifically with those two, they've actually had, like, news... Mm-hmm. run in the background on that show of things happening in New York <laughs> that's happening on the Netflix shows. So I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool if, if just like a mention or something. Yeah. And then same thing with um, uh, what is the the Cloak and Dagger. So Cloak yeah. and Dagger, the rumor is they're going to appear on Runaways. Um, oh, okay. And, th- and they've set it up at the end of this last season where they're kind of leaving and that they mention the way that they mention it does kind of coincide with some stuff that's hap- that happened on Runaways before that show ended. Both of those shows have gotten renewed, I believe. Mm. But um, Runaways for sure has gotten renewed, and so they, I, they're going to somehow have a crossover. We know Cloak and Dagger has also mentioned Luke Cage specifically, mm-hmm. or Misty Knight from Luke Cage specifically. So I'm like, oh, if they could like somehow do something with that or those kids go to New York or something like it just there's everything in their world is so interconnected like even just the mention I think would make people happy I don't don't even know character yeah I I don't even know if they can though because of this whole Netflix thing I think it literally prevents them from even mentioning them which sucks it's so sad yeah it's that's that's why i wondered if it was a a contractual thing with with netflix yeah yeah it seems to be it's two-year thing so yeah yeah i didn't know if they just couldn't have the characters physically somewhere or i didn't realize they couldn't even mention them i don't know i'm just i'm just guessing but i think um I think they can't even like i'm sure i read something which would would like prohibit them from mentioning them in other properties as well um i read something like that i don't know how all the law works of, of it you know but um i think it's like a two-year wait which makes me sad because it's so terrible um speaking of uh, in relation to daredevil our our favorite uh, our favorite karen page deborah ann wall in some news um i <laughs> this is about six months late but you know when have we ever been 
<laughs> on top of the news. We did our Avengers, we did our Captain Marvel podcast like three weeks ago. Um, but I recently watched the first episode of Deborah Ann Wall's series that she did with Geek and Sundry, which is called Relics and Rarities. Have you guys heard oh, of this? Oh, the Yeah. yeah. Um, I loved it. I watched the first episode, which is basically Deborah Ann Wall's uh, with some friends, uh, one of which is Tommy Walker, who has been on the podcast before, um, sitting down every week and doing a different story, like um, like an RPG story. And uh, she has various guests on, like Matthew Lillard was in the first episode. I know Charlie Cox is in another yeah. one of them. I loved it. She is such a good storyteller. My word. Like, she, her enthusiasm is really infectious doing it. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, so I wanted to give a little shout out to that because, um, yeah, I'm super behind. It came out like six months ago, but I really, really enjoyed it. And they all really get into characters, and it's kind of adorable. I saw I saw the um, part of the Charlie Cox one as well, and it's adorable because he's clearly never played an RPG before, and is very <laughs> nervous and doesn't know what's going on, but kind of gets into it more as the uh, the episode goes on. It's very sweet. Uh, so that is our news, guys. Apart from Spider Man's coming out, I think. Yeah. The day after Second tomorrow. Second of July, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know when it's coming out in the States, but yeah, we get uh, July, it in two days. Yeah, July 2nd or 3rd or oh, something. Nice. I have been told it's very good. However, I was told that by the brother of the star. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, the reports that I've seen yeah. coming out of it have been very positive, but uh, yeah. But yeah. Well, he was he's telling me about the um, premiere, which took place at the Chinese Theatre in L.A., and that was kind of making me laugh because whenever I've been to the Chinese theatre in LA, there's always the really rubbish like Spider-Man cosplayers outside meeting tourists. And I just was, thought that was hilarious. I just imagine like just wearing like a onesie, just a little Spider-Man hanging around outside. You know, like his original suit. Yeah, like the one from the 60s <laughs> yeah. where he would throw nets and that would be his webbing. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this week we are going to cover two episodes as always. Uh, the ones we are doing are episode four, a.k.a. Customer Services Standing By. Uh, that episode was written by Jamie King and directed by Liesl Tommy. Um, description of that one is Jessica learns there is more to Eric than meets the eye as they track down three potential attackers. Malcolm digs up dirt on Kith's husband. Oh, poor Kith. Oh, Kith. I feel so bad for her. Uh, and then episode five, a.k.a. I Wish. Uh, that was written by Jay Holtham, I've written, Jay Holtham, and directed by Maisie Elmas. Uh, teaming up with Trish to stake out Salinger, Jessica makes a startling discovery. That's one way to put it. Uh, Jeff's plot to expose <laughs> Peter yields unexpected consequences. Jeff's plot? Who's Jeff? It says Jeff. I think maybe they mean Jerry? I think they mean Jerry, yeah. not Jeff. Who is Jeff? Is Jeff someone that was in this? I don't remember a Jeff. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm assuming it's Jerry. This is going by Den of Geeks. Uh, Den of Geek, by the way. Den of Geek, I love your Easter eggs, but sort out your descriptions. Come on. Uh, so as always, we're going to talk about Jessica first, because she is she is our, our girl. Uh, so um, we first see... Oh, go on. Sorry. One thing I would note, uh, particularly I noticed in the fourth... After doing such a good job in the, the third episode of convincing me that this was a person that lost their spleen, I mean, she looked bloody awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she suddenly seems to have magically recovered by this episode. Yeah. There's yeah. no reference at all to the fact, you know, not even like her taking her meds or... Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's 
you've lost the organ that cleans out your blood. It's going to have an impact. Yeah. I mean, I imagine she's going to get some horrific infection from being in that pool of dead bodies and, you know, (laughs) and not be able to fight it off. Because that's what would happen if you didn't have a spleen, right? I don't know. I don't don't think we'll mention that again. I don't think we will either. (laughs) Maybe she's secretly got regenerative Wolverine powers and has grown another spleen. If you know. we don't have Doctor Spleen there to explain uh, it to us, then to ex- how are we supposed to explain to it? You mean he's got to yeah. explain <laughs> it? <laughs> uh, so we first see Jessica in this uh, episode when um, Eric is explaining his scam to her, and um, and we get an awesome reference to Wizard uh, because Jessica yeah. says the last time yep. she doubted someone's powers, they were killed, and I was like, oh, Wizard, Wizard yeah. and his mongoose, ah. Um, and Jessica wonders if Eric has a headache about her, but he says no, which is I, very sweet. I actually have a question about Eric's powers. Okay. Right. It is this power that if the person's done a bad thing, or if the person thinks they've done a bad thing... I... It seems to be the... a bad person. <laughs> it seems to be the lack of remorse. So it's not the actual fact that they've done something, it's... It's their actual uh, personality. Doesn't he say something like it's like a a darkness within them or um, that, something like that? That's the thing where I'm confused because, for example, it's it's the idea that, that the, for example, um, well, we'll get to it, but it seems that there's characters who have done really bad things that don't give him a headache. There are people that have done sort of bad things and feel <coughs> really guilty about it. And they do give him a headache, and then, you know, okay, Jessica's done it for the right reasons. But for instance, Jessica Jones has killed someone. Mm-hmm. So surely that's going to have an effect. You'd that's think what so. I don't care. Maybe he just lies to her and says he doesn't get a headache from her because he, you know, he wants some more Jessica loving. So he's like, no, you're totally fine. Yeah. Ow, my head. Ow, 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 ow. And he does so, change something that makes him forget about the headache is sex and booze. So yeah. If so he's having sex with her, maybe it's, maybe it's dulling the effect. Yeah. It's so true. he's the one man who doesn't have the excuse of, oh, I have a headache. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, so they're going to look into these three people that Eric is currently blackmailing. Uh, Trish, uh, when Trish sort of knocks on the door and wants in, Jessica's like, no, I'm working with, with Burger Boy over there. <laughs> and uh, I don't need your help. Um, then Jessica goes to this alleyway to investigate the first package of money that's been left behind as part of his blackmail scheme, finds the money hidden under a dumpster by Todd White, and Todd White is a real creeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we immediately... I expect it. <laughs> yeah, we go to his apartment and he opens his door wearing a neck brace, which Jessica rips off his neck. I was like, you could literally break his neck doing that. Oh, my God. Um, it's great. And uh, she wants to know, well, you know, if he hasn't done anything, then why did he pay the blackmail? Which is, yeah. Yeah. You know, why, she, why would you pay? Uh, she initially... Because since Eric can't figure out what what makes these people bad, he just knows something is bad about them. Mm-hmm. So originally she thinks it's for insurance fraud, and she's like, really? You're getting a headache because of insurance <laughs> fraud? Which uh, made me laugh. It was yeah. just like... And so when we find out what's really behind door number three, I was like, oh, What's God. behind door number three, Tammy? 
Oh, God, he's taking, like, pictures of, I'm assuming, children, is what they make it seem like. Oh, yeah. So that's two. That's two series in a row. We've we've managed to get. Uh, we've managed to find a, a child's uh, photography studio. That's it. Because obviously there was a Punisher as well. It turns up in season two. Oh, it does. Yeah, I forgot about that in season two. No, you're right. The defenders are taking out creepers one at a time. <laughs> uh, Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a note, which is, see, when I saw Eric and Jessica together, I, I did sit and go, now, I can just, I just wish I could see this team up with Kilgrave now. Oh, the three of them as a team. Oh, that would be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm all for more Kilgrave, because, I mean, he's such a creep, yeah. I love him. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's David Tennant, but, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I just, I just, yeah. I mean, David Tennant has said he's not in season three. He doesn't appear in season three. But a part of me is still like, mm, does he? Maybe he does. Sean's retired hope. from carrying season one. Oh, don't say that to my boss. My boss absolutely hates David Tennant. <laughs> so I wind, I wind him up a lot. I don't know. He just, he, oh. he doesn't like his face or his voice apparently. So. Oh, did, have you mentioned on the show about the Good Omens thing that happened? Uh, which obviously David Tennant's is on. Uh, what uh, thing happened? Cancellation petition. Oh, no, we haven't mentioned it because it's not like a Marvel thing, but it is kind of hilarious. Uh, which I'm yeah. assuming you guys, Will and Tammy, you know about that? About what? About the Good Omens quote-unquote cancellation. Oh, no, I didn't hear about no. that. Oh, oh, Alan, I'll let, you, I'll let you tell the tale. Oh, okay. So there was a petition started by uh, a religious group basically saying that Good Omens should be cancelled, that it's the fact that it's shown kind of like an angel and a devil working together and, and all that sort of nonsense. Um, and they sent the petition to Netflix. And said, oh. cancel this show immediately. And, oh, and, God. and oh, Netflix yeah. said they would. Netflix said, we'll cancel <laughs> it if it was a show we made, which it's not. And then no. Amazon Prime responded by saying, Okay, fine, since you're doing that, we'll cancel Stranger Things. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> and I love as well that it's um, it's not even like they could cancel it. It was a miniseries. It's a one and done. It's done. There's not going to be yeah. any more series. How can you cancel something that's been made? And then they then sent it to the wrong studio. It's, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Uh, and they've been very quiet reacting to that because they probably feel a bit idiotic. So uh, Jessica and Eric watch uh, Todd being taken away by the cops. Um, and then she gets a call from Trish, but she doesn't answer at first. Um, but Trish gives her some info on Sal Blazowski um, uh, because she thinks that she may have sent the stabber. And Jessica's like, no, we're on it. We're, it's one of these blackmailers. Go away. Um so next time we see Jessica is when they go to get the second uh, lot of money, uh, which was from Raina Pincer, which is an t- awful name, Raina Pincer, <laughs> uh, at Eastbrook Insurance. Um, however, she doesn't recognise Eric or Jessica, so obviously it's not her. Uh, but she says she skimmed from the petty cash at work to pay for her mum's funeral. Oh, just a little bit. <laughs> so then Jessica, like, pins her up against the wall and then gets her to tell the truth that she's embezzled millions. <laughs> it's oh kind of great. And I love Jessica yeah. walking away and being like, no, you guys, what do you guys want to do with her? I'll just leave you to her. Okay, bye. 
It's great. One thing, if you're going to pretend to cry, at least have tears in your eyes. Yes. Yes. Don't uh, do it. Don't do a David Duchovny. <laughs> Isn't that right, Tommy? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't very the good. Co-workers didn't do anything when this strange woman had her pinned against the wall. They're just watching. Clearly, they don't like her already, <laughs> even before people, they found out. These two people walked into her office and assaulted her. And, yeah, you know. yeah, they they didn't like her before they found out she was embezzling. <laughs> They're like, yeah, Raina Pincer, whatever her name is. Um, so then they <laughs> they go to the uh, the. The last one, uh, they look for some money under a, a bench, but it's not there. Um, so Jessica wants to go and find out what's uh, what's happening. Um, uh, but now she has, uh, I think this is, uh, now she sort of says to Eric that she doesn't want a team up. Because I think, doesn't Eric mention Trish or teaming up or something? But Jessica at this point is like, no, I don't want, I don't want to do a team up. It's just me. Yeah, I, I think it. it's, isn't it, Eric's basically panicking and going, no, 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 I need to go pay this money, I need to go pay this money. I need to go, like, right now. <laughs> yeah. I need to go right now, and yet somehow manages to still be late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and Jessica's basically, I think it's later that Eric mentions about uh, another hero. Or, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, no, it's more he's kind of, he's scared about the, the payment, and then, Jessica goes and confronts the, the third mark anyway. Yes. Well, t- yeah. Mm. And talk, we're talking about creepers. We thought uh, uh, Blokey earlier was a creeper. Uh, this guy. Uh, so she knocks on the third guy's door. There's no answer. So she breaks in. Um, clean apartment. Lots of photos on the wall. Lots of books. We realise that uh, Gregory Salinger, who's the guy who, who lives here, is a lawyer, a psychologist, a chemist and an engineer and an athlete. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, so That's she. That's what they keep saying. <laughs> yeah. Showing him like that, and I'm like, that guy is not an athlete. Like, I don't know if they should have gotten a different actor. I mean, because this guy's super creepy, but I just don't look at him and go athlete. Yeah. I, no, I, I think just... that's that's maybe the idea. Yeah. Is the way I can afford to it is like, no, no, he look, you know, he looks. I mean, he does look weird, but he looks honest, you know, that that yeah. way, yeah. Yeah, he um, looks very yeah. unassuming. You wouldn't think he's this really, you know, this guy who's obviously, uh, you know, so intelligent in different areas as well. He's very unassuming. Um, so maybe they're going by the say, same thing. Where did he find time to get all these degrees? Uh, he's got a TARDIS. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they all take it's a long time. Thing, it's when they go, like, uh, it's the same thing like, when they go with, like, uh, Banner, Bruce Banner in the, the films, there's like, I've got like, five PhDs. How, how do you have time for that? Dr. Sam Beckett had, what, seven, Tammy, in Quantum Leap? Uh, at least, at least that. It was at <laughs> I mean, least. Like, well, but he, he also was turning, Yeah, and he also was getting them when he was, like, in high school, so. That's true. <laughs> we also, I think, spoke about on when we did a Quantum Leap podcast how there's no way that Al could have done everything that he did. Like, be a trained no, to be a soldier no, no. and be a be a, a pow and be an astronaut and do this and, and that and go run away with the circus and <laughs> run away else. with the yeah. circus yeah it's kind of crazy so i think it's a suspension of disbelief of how he did this um but yeah this guy's a real creep because he just appears and is like hello and i actually was like wow because <laughs> i wasn't expecting him to appear in this episode um yeah guys your first impressions of uh, mr gregory salinger 
Very arrogant. <laughs> Very creepy. Yeah. Um, want him to die quickly. Well, maybe not die, <laughs> but you know. Oh, Will. I, I, would, I, I wouldn't mind that. Will, Will Castle over here. Yeah. <laughs> my my note was worm enthusiast gross and what an asshole those were the two notes i had yeah so i i have to be honest my the the, the scene where Salinger and jessica jones meet is genuinely my favorite scene that i've seen so far of the series Mm-hmm. I think it's better than anything I've seen in season two. In fact, I think it's pretty much better than most of what I saw in series one. I think that's, I think it's a phenomenal scene. Mm-hmm. It can start, you know, in a few minutes, this character has had such a massive impact. And also, it, it's nice to have a clear, no, this is the antagonist. They are the bad guy. There's no ambiguity here. Yeah, that's I like that as well. Of, Immediately, he's yeah, he's but, the big bad. You know. It's the one thing I didn't like about season two of Jessica Jones is all the villainous characters are kind of they're sort of redeemable and they're sort mm. of not entirely evil and I think it ends up I end up getting to the point where it's like, right, the the most devastating villain in season two is Trish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that and and she's meant to be a character we sympathise with. So I, I do think it's nice to have a character that's nope, definitely bad guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't mind twirly mustache bad guys. That's good. That's fine. I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah. And we know immediately this guy's. We know it was. We know it's him because first of all he's super creepy. But we see like the knife missing and everything, and he basically just is like, yeah. You know. The other thing I thought about and then was just reinforced was like I got a very like Dexter vibe from him yes yeah and then all of a sudden like later on we see like almost a kill room set up and I was like oh okay that's what they were going for cool that's I got that that's (laughs) yeah he talks about her her narcissism and her grandiose delusions despite her being a fraud I think he's projecting here because all he's Uh, all he talks about is how he's like beyond anyone else you know um, and he wants to respect that he's earned. I'm kind of interested to see why he feels that he's earned all this respect and why he feels that he's not well, getting it's it. It's always you know? all about respect. Don't you know that? <laughs> R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> Find out what it means to me. <laughs> I think it's an interesting parallel, actually, when you look at... Th- there's another character I'm sure we'll get to who is basically saying the same things. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So it doesn't eat. Oh, who is this character who really annoys me in these two episodes? Oh. Yeah, I think these two episodes. Mm-hmm. You're lucky it wasn't in last week. I would have given episode two <laughs> uh, one. <laughs> oh, I see. I liked her in episode oh, two, sort sort of, but I think it's because we're getting it from her point. Of, I don't know. She doesn't interact with many characters in that episode, but yeah, these two, I'm, oh, I, yeah, I was so annoyed with her. Yeah. Uh, so he makes a call she's, to nine one one. She's becoming my Karen Page. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> you just don't like blonde women. <laughs> I, I guess not. That's why I dyed my hair, this. Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> I was in fear. I dyed my hair red. I was like, no, she can't know I'm a blonde. <laughs> Um, I love when he makes the call to 911 and then he's crying and he's like, Jessica Jones, attack me! (laughs) It's so great. (laughs) I was like, oh, he's such a lunatic. I love it. Um, And I like the look she gives him when she does that. Like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah. So great. 
Um, so she heads back to Alias and finds <laughs> Eric asleep outside. Um, this is when he mentions the, the mask powered powered chick. Um, and then she sees marks on the lock that confirm that uh, Salinger did break in. And inside she finds a nice present, which is a bag full of money covered in blood. <laughs> I put, what? Jessica sees it as a threat. Duh! <laughs> I wrote in my notes. It's like, yeah. Um, Why 8,000? That's what I Is that the amount that was extorted? Was I guess, being... yeah, that's the amount that... I guess it's the amount that Eric was blackmailing him for. Right, okay. I, I, that's what I thought anyway. And then he's got the little, um, I don't know what note it was, that he's pinned on the wall over his the photo of Salinger. And he's written uh, on hero on one side, fraud on the other in blood. Yeah. I want to know whose blood this is. Is it? Because it's I not bloke we see later. Yeah, yeah, I think it must be. Because I thought... I mean, it, it honestly could have been anyone's. The guy's, like, murdering people left and right, apparently. Yeah, true. So. Yeah, that's true. Oh, he's such a creep. Um, so Jessica tells Eric to lay low and uh, and then Eric leaves. So then Jessica phones Trish on her show, and this is amazing. Yeah, no, I love it. No, 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 no. Don't you don't like it? Jessica. Oh, no, don't I, do it. I'm just sitting there going, no. no don't team up with Trish. No, don't team up with Trish, because you'll end up finding common ground and possibly even being forgiven. No, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And then I was sitting there going, Unless you're using her as a human shield. <laughs> well, we know that she's not super strong, so I'm guessing she's not invulnerable either. So maybe Jessica's like, I have no spleen, I need a human shield. <laughs> I mean, but what Jessica is doing, and she's pretty upfront about it, is she's, u- she's yeah. using Trish. It's like she's trying to team up with her necessarily. Yeah, she's using she's anonymity. Using her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because he doesn't know her. So you that's think, to Jessica's advantage. You'd think, though, if she's using Trisha's anonymity, it would be a bad idea to ring her up. If Salinger's watching, oh, yeah. like, because if he sees, if he, if he happens to watch Trisha's show, who knows, maybe he likes cardigans, and he sees this person well, called Jessica Jones phone up Trish <laughs> with this really cryptic message, I'd be like, yeah. and, then, and then this other, you know, this other woman turns up. I'd be like, oh, it's Trish. <laughs> Oh, hey, Patsy. <laughs> it's not like you don't know any other heroes, like, for instance, yeah, really. a blind uh, a blind super oh, fighter. Oh, I know. Uh, you know, okay, maybe not Iron Fist, uh, but maybe she knows someone <laughs> who's uh, stab-proof, for example. Ring up Colleen. Ring up Colleen. Ring up Luke Cage. Colleen was basically say? the fifth Defender in the Defenders series, so... Yeah. You know, she's not going to bring up Luke because Luke will catch her with Eric, and then it will be awkward and hot <laughs> and hot. <laughs> um, so you know, yeah, I was really happy that she told Trish basically. Um, I'm using because he, he doesn't know you. I was, yeah, yeah. I was expecting that to be like her a secret at first, but yeah. Yeah, I love that she's upfront about it. It's mm-hmm. great. I was like, yes, yes, Jessica, yes. Use her and then throw her away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jessica lets Trish into Alias, and there's Trish. Uh, Trish and Jessica discuss the money and Salinger. Um, uh, Jessica, I think, is uh, the reason I love Jessica is that she's like the difference between her and Trish is Jessica's like, no, he's cleverer than both of us put together. Yeah. And then Trish is like, don't know about that. I'm like, no, he is Trish. Shut up. Shut up, Trish. 
it's, Shut it's up. It's more when Trish is constantly going. Like, everything Trish suggests up until oh, two-thirds into this fifth episode. Mm-hmm. Everything she suggests, Jessica's like, yeah, I tried that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did that. It's also the bit, I think the line of hers that really annoyed me, and I'm sorry if it's anyone's quote, I think it's in this scene, is when Trish is talking about Salinger and she goes, well, he's only human. Because oh. she's so already seeing herself as something more than human. Jessica well, doesn't see herself... herself as a superhero. Yeah, Jessica doesn't see herself as a superhero or, like, as more than human. Um, but Trish does. So you're right that she's got this same kind of god complex as um, as Salinger does, which is quite worrying. I like I like it in terms of storytelling because I feel that it does carry on with her arc from season one and two, um, from where we had her in season one. But yeah, it doesn't make me like the character. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jessica wants to go on a stakeout. And this is, I think this is the scene as well where Trisha refers to them as superheroes and Jessica pulls a face and it's great. Yeah, it is. Um, and they go to watch uh, Salinger's apartment. We find out he lives off a settlement from his brother's death. And I put, Jessica is super salty with Trisha's confidence in her judgment judgment uh, and abilities. And I love it. I love Jessica's saltiness. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Jessica is drinking and watching Salinger's house from the street or his apartment um, and then we see we, this is when we find out he's got this little secret album behind his his bureau uh, which yeah. is so creepy what are these photos oh. but that I mean it makes it makes sense when we're looking at a character who's supposed to be a serial killer I'm glad yeah. they had something because I was like his apartment seems so pristine mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, so where is he hiding the things he's keeping as, you where know... Where are his trophies? Little, where is his trophies? Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm glad we got that, and, you know, it's yeah. it's what we know about serial killers from TV, so... Well, and from listening to Sword and Scale, Tammy, as well. That's true. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. You're, in a bad way, you're in a bad way when you're listening to Sword and Scale. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. If you weren't before, you become in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Tammy that got me onto it. So, Tammy, oh. it's all your fault that I'm now ruined as a human being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. However, Sword and Scale also uh, insp- helped inspire us to start our own <laughs> not-so-horrific <laughs> crime podcast. True, true. Well, so if you yeah. want a prop... Yeah, yeah, true, true crime. <laughs> If you want a proper True Clan podcast, Case File is brilliant. Oh, I, I've nice. heard that. I've heard that, yeah. I'll, I'll add it to I'll the, recommend it. I'll add it to the list. Particularly since the presenter isn't a butthole. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, I, I should actually check. I've just realised I'm nervous. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Oh, fuck yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so Jessica um, goes to follow Salinger while Trish is going to try and get this little thing, little um, photo album. And Jessica follows Salinger, who sits on a bench to read his paper, and uh, and he's watching some like tra- I put tracksuit Gore, but that's Gore's his name, isn't it? And we also meet yeah. Berry. And uh, <laughs> we'll talk more about this when we talk about Eric and Barry, because I need to talk about Barry. <laughs> um, One thing, if I can just go sure. back to the... Just before then. Uh, 
the Durkas, when Jessica's kind of staking outside the, the apartment, mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing I noticed very clearly. Look, Jessica's kind of talking about how she kind of resents the fact she has to, to prove herself and that she she doesn't she doesn't feel she, she doesn't want to keep doing it and then almost immediately after you've got Trish jumping off a building and, and basically asking to prove herself mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's great the differences between these two I love it yeah um Salinger's a real creep we don't really know exactly well I mean he's a real creep anyway but we here with um, Eric we don't really know exactly what he does um uh, I am, in this bit, I, I but say, I'm I'm glad that they wrapped that up really quick because I was like, oh no, are we going to have to like wait episodes to find out like they're working together or something mm-hmm. like that? So I'm glad that we find out like basically in the next scene like what was discussed and what happened because I was like, oh, I just hate that. You know, I've been saying this whole time. I'm like, oh, I think Eric's a bad guy because I like him <laughs> so much. So to see that, I was like, oh no. Yeah. Um, but then when it got cleared up, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Like, Me too. <laughs> I love how quick away. it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would hate it if it just dragged on for like a few yeah. episodes, you know. Um, particularly, yeah. It's, yeah it wouldn't we don't cool. have a few episodes. Just get to it. Exactly. <laughs> um, Jessica heads back to Alias and um, uh, Trish and Gillian are searching for clues online as Jessica enters. Jillian's happy to stay to help because she likes Trish. She doesn't like Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yep. It's so great. Uh, so yeah. then Jessica goes to offer Malcolm a job um, and then gives him this bag of money as payment. And he's just like, why is there blood on it? Oh, okay, never mind. I was like, how are you possibly going to spend that, Malcolm? It's covered in blood. It's so I'm insane. Sure Malcolm has someone who cleans it. <laughs> oh, no, no, well, Malcolm nowadays, he's so... Oh. I don't even know yeah, what's going with him. Yeah, we'll talk about Malcolm later. Yes, yeah, yes. We'll yeah, there's a lot of things about Malcolm. Yeah. So, um, and Jessica is shocked when Eric says that Malcolm gives him a headache. Mm, not good. Right, right. I, I don't get this. Mm-hmm. This is what I was referring to. I'm sitting there. So just to get this right, Malcolm, Malcolm basically revealed some information which he did. You know, I. I it, we'll get onto it when we get to Malcolm's arc, but it's just, it annoys me that Malcolm's done this thing that inadvertently has led to something bad happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not, you know, and he and he feels very deep remorse about it, and he feels really guilty about it. And yet Trish, who, even at this, what we're about to find out in the next scene, has no remorse for killing someone. Mm-hmm. Doesn't cause him to have a headache. Well, he doesn't mention it, does he? Because Jessica, I don't think it's ever brought up. Does Trish give him a headache? Uh, yes. Or do uh, they? What happened, well, there's a bit where Trish in the first in episode four, Trish knocks on the door, mm-hmm. and Jessica basically. Asks, oh yes. Is the person at the door? Yeah. Yeah, and then he says you're you're clear or something like oh, that. Clear, yeah, yeah. And that's where I was like, no, no bullshit, mm. bullshit. <laughs> I guess, and I know we're, we will we will have to talk a little bit more about Malcolm's thing, but I guess to clear up this whole thing with him giving, I, I think it's like a low-key headache, because it was only a three, and I think he only made a bigger deal out of it because he was giving his sister over to Malcolm. I guess, I think if it yeah. were, 
I to me, I felt like if it if he was just working with Jessica and they were going to go talk to Malcolm and the sister was not involved and this was just someone they were talking to and trying to get information from, I don't even think Eric would have brought up having a headache at all mm. around well, Malcolm. And so but- I and Malcolm. As a character, this is where it's going back and forth with him. He's feeling remorse over this one thing, but Malcolm's been doing really shitty stuff oh, yeah. for a while, working yeah. with Jeremy for a year now. So where before he, that, he did the stuff with. I mean, he was being controlled, but he still had remorse over it. All the stuff that happened under Kilgrave. Yeah, but but with working with Jerry, supposedly this whole idea of him being remorseful over the stuff he's doing is new. He's not felt mm-hmm. remorse in a year of working with her. Mm. So it's it's all starting to come out, and it's being capped off with this um, thing with uh, I, Peter. But I don't. I think Malcolm's done a lot of shitty stuff that he's not remorseful for. Yeah. I don't know. Cause I get the impression. From, I got the impression from episode one of this series that he was already, when it got to the, the drunk driver guy, mm-hmm. that from that point he was already going, eh, this, this isn't good. I'm not doing good things here. So but I, that's I, the thing. Yeah. I got the idea. He was starting to think of it. But not right, okay. that he necessarily was changing his patterns. And then you have your no, boss telling you either suck it up or get the fuck out. And mm. so he's been trying to suck it up. Uh, you know, this Peter thing is completely different, which is I know is what we're going to discuss with him later. But I, I think that that's why Eric didn't have this huge headache around him. It was what? just kind of low key. Mm. That's the, that was the only justification like I have watching that scene is that. It was more brought up because it had to do with his sister going with Malcolm. Because, yeah, he probably doesn't want to hand Barry over to anyone who's kind of alerts his radar, you know, at all. Yeah, at all. Because we see he's very protective. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, uh, Jessica, so basically, um, Gillian wants to call the cops, but Jessica says no because they found the evidence illegally. Trish just wants to beat Salinger up until he confesses. Jessica says no. And this is when they have their big standoff and Gillian tells them to work it out and leaves. I love you, Gillian. <laughs> and I like the fact that she's like, you know, you, you, she basically says something about family. I can't remember what she says, but it's, you know, it's kind of like... Yeah, you only have you, so much family. Yeah, only have so much family, you need to work it out, you know. Uh, yeah, so they, what does she actually know? Well, does she know that the thing that they fell out over is the mm, fact that... She killed her mom. No, she wouldn't know that. Yeah. Jessica's not going to be sort of confiding in Gillian at all. No. (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, you know, maybe maybe Gillian, you know, I don't know. I think Gillian, I would assume Gillian just knows that they were super close, grew up together, sister-like, and then that they had some sort of falling out. And I think Gillian's response is just like, you got to work it out. Like, but maybe, I mean, to your point, Alan, if she knew what the problem was, maybe she wouldn't have said that. I don't, you yeah. know, it's hard mm-hmm. to say. But that's like, hey, bitch, mind your own business. No offense, Jillian, but seriously, like, mind your own business. Yeah, it is mind your own business, <laughs> but, but I love Jillian. I love her. Like, you don't oh. know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> Go and drink your mojitas, Jillian. Off you go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
like her too. It's just at that point when she said that, I also felt like, yeah, you don't know, so stay out of it. <laughs> so I was really siding with Jessica at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, even more so as this scene goes on, because I mean, again, we'll talk yeah. about Trish later. <laughs> but when someone says to you, "Oh, I know I murdered your mum, but you know, get over it." What? Oh, oh God, I just. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was, and then Jessica is so upset and hurt. You can see, um, and then we get, and then we get sex, sexy shower. Eric appears. Yeah, exactly. And then sexy shower. Eric appears to cheer her up. And I put, uh, <laughs> and he asks her if she wants to talk, and I put no. Jessica wants to forget, and then I put in brackets using Eric's penis. <laughs> Um, so the next, uh, next morning, I guess, um, Eric wakes up in the bed and Jessica's watching him from the door and, uh, she is trying to, not the kind of thing you usually think of, you know, after you've had a, a night of loving is trying to think of how someone might dispose of bodies, but this is Jessica Jones. So she's like, Hey, but before uh, that she was smiling and I love it when she smiles. Yes. It's so rare. A little bit of a smile. Yeah. Yeah. It's so rare. I, re- I like the I like these two together. Oh uh, yes, yeah, I like them much more than her and Oscar anyway. Oh oh of course. Oh thank God they ended that quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like her and Oscar, it, I just never I never really got it. Um, do, you, do you think that's the end of his character? The fact that he he's like appeared in this two minute scene, <laughs> uh, and then that's it. That's him gone. I do. Yeah, I do wonder if we're going to see him or Vito ever again. You know, and they yeah. were just they were just in that first episode to well, you know. Uh, could Salinger come for them? Maybe. Maybe, but I, I wonder if they just had them in those first two episodes to kind of be like, that relationship's over. Don't worry, she's still on good terms with the kid. Uh, now we've can pave the way for her and Eric. Yeah. You know, I feel I feel like it's maybe that. Um, so Jessica's uh, uh, talks to Trish about um, this handsaw, and um, she's got an idea of how to find out where he disposes of the bodies. And I was like, oh, please let it be Maury at the morgue, <laughs> and it was, even though we didn't see him. Because I love no, whenever we can see him. I know I love Maury. Maybe we'll see him later in the series. Give but... Maury a hand. Oh, give him a hand, <laughs> and then he'll give you one. <laughs> I love this plan of Jessica's. It's so insane. She just like <laughs> creeps up to his room and throws her hand through his window. <laughs> and his reaction is just like, hmm, that's weird. <laughs> Better go and add it to my mustache of body parts. The, the one issue I have with this is this character's meant to be like this mega super genius, right? Mm-hmm. And he immediately plays into exactly this very obvious plan. Yes, that's it. it. Like, but maybe he he thought you know he was had faith in his in the trap that the trap right, was going to okay. work. Yeah, because I th- I think I mean this is exactly where Jessica was correct using being able to have Trish there without yeah. him knowing that Trish even existed is what helped her because. She knew he's going to do something like call the police because this would not have been the first time that he called the police on her. Um, And so the fact that he does that to say basically hold her off, because I think he's thinking, oh, she's doing that so she can see where I'm hiding the bodies. Mm -hmm. 
not realizing, oh, if I keep her occupied, he doesn't know that Trish is there to follow him. Yeah. So, you know, I, I it's it's really like it's really an interesting game because he's right. He's a lot smarter than she is and she knows that. And so it's like this really interesting game of cat and mouse because he doesn't see all the pieces right now. Yeah. And I'm I am scared like once I mean, now that this episode is is done, I'm like, well, he's going to now know about Trish. So, yeah, yeah whose fault is that? Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, if Trish hadn't gone along, then Jessica would be dead. Yes, but that didn't mean she needed... Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes we'll yeah. Get to that, yeah. yeah. If she had her spleen, she wouldn't have had trouble getting out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the spleen means that you can punch your way through iron? Well, she, yeah, it would have filtered out all of the whatever she was breathing in, and she would have had more time to punch through there. I think that's how spleens work. That's how spleens work. Let's, let's wait for Laura to write in. to me. <laughs> well. On that note, is Jessica not stronger than Luke Cage? Um, it kind of, it's, it, I, I, she, I think she's been established as being stronger than Luke, but it kind of is as the plot needs it, you know? Because... I would have said Luke Cage could have punched out of that tankard. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're going to say it's because she was breathing in poison and stuff, so she was a lot okay. weaker. Uh, and maybe they're going to say it's because she didn't have her spleen, like Will said. <laughs> her spleen gave her her super strength. Um, I don't know, but I, it, they seem to do it as what the, you know, whatever the plot needs depends yeah. on how strong she is. You know. Um, so yeah, Jessica. Um, so Jessica follows him to this place and uh, after he calls the police on her for loitering and then he um, Jessica and Trish follow him to this train track and then he puts this hand in this tank um, that's got all this water in it and then I thought it was just you know it, he was just throwing it in there there wasn't going to be anything else in there but Jessica climbs down and and I bet Tammy loved this bit didn't you Tammy? Oh so gross I actually had in my notes, like, as she went down there, I was like, oh, no, she's just going to be down there with a bunch of dead bodies. And that's exactly what it was. I was like, oh, God, this is terrible. <laughs> it was so gross. I don't like, I don't like it. don't but, like it. Particularly the head bit. We see a full-on head. I was like, oh. yeah, yeah. I'm like, why? We saw the bags. That's all I needed. I, I don't need anything else explained to me. I, I get it. There are dead bodies down there. <laughs> so uh, so Jessica is only alive because Trish comes back to rescue her after uh, Salinger taunts her but yes Salinger now knows about Trish so that's not good yeah. for anyone um, the one thing I, I want see this so when Jessica goes in uh, the, the tank seals and this dust falls down see at first I thought this stuff was going to turn the like, either turn the water really alkaline or really acidic and it would maybe melt the the bodies. The bodies. Oh, that's, that's cool. The point of it was. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll find out that that's what has happened, but it, it just seemed a bit weird that it was just a kind of poison trap. It might be that it was some kind of acid. You're right. Like, we might find out in yeah. the next episode. Because, I mean, she'd still be poisoned by breathing it in. Um, yeah. It was definitely something that reacted with the water. Like, once it hit the water, it seemed to, you know, do some kind of chemical reaction. that... And, and I don't understand how this works or not works, or maybe it did. So he throws that thing in there. He closes the, you know, seals it up. He walks away. Jessica's right behind him, opens it, 
goes in there, the thing closes, and now there's acid hitting the water. I'm like, was that hitting the water before? I think because then wire. wouldn't she... Yeah, it was a trip wire. Trip yeah, it was up. in the water, so he wouldn't have set it off um, when yeah. when he just opened the, the lid, but it's when she was actually standing in the water. Yeah, so then I just don't know if it would have been set up purposely to dissolve the bodies then. So much as it was just to... To catch someone in to, it, to yeah. Harm, to catch somebody in it, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Just weird. We might find know. out. Uh, so Jess, yeah. Jess sits on the train tracks with um, with Trish, and this is when we get uh, Jessica. Trish says that she wishes she didn't kill Alyssa. She doesn't say that it was the wrong thing to do. She just... I feel like she wishes she didn't do it because of how it's affected her relationship with Jessica. Not that she... You know, wishes yeah. she didn't do it because it was the wrong thing to do. Um, and Jessica wishes that Elisa, uh, Alyssa wasn't a mass murderer. I felt for her in this bit. Because, it's, yeah, it's the one person you got left in the world, she feels, or she felt, and then she's this mass murderer, you know. And uh, then they hear the police coming and Trish leaves so she can remain anonymous. So should we discuss Trish? <laughs> um, it sounds like well, we've got a lot to say. Yeah, before before we get to that, no, don't let that scene. No, no <laughs> forgiveness. No, yeah, never. Yeah, and now we'll discuss why. <laughs> <laughs> why do you not like it? Because fundamentally, the reason I don't like Trish is that Jessica's a hero because she wants to do the right thing. Trish, in her mind, is a hero. Because she's decided she's a hero. Mm-hmm. So therefore, everything she does must be heroic. Uh, and it's and it's, it's one of those things that... At no point does she... You, know, you were right enough when you said it, that at no point does she say that killing someone was the wrong thing to do. Mm. Yeah. And at no point does she feel any sort of guilt or remorse about it. And it almost seems to be... Uh, I'm... You know, yeah, okay, I called your mum. Get over it. Yeah. That's... Yeah, you should be over it by now. And it's like, no, it's her mum. I mean, it's... You know. that, that's the word... Because, I mean, obviously, this is extreme case on this TV show. But, like, that is ridiculously common that someone tells somebody else to get over whatever death they're trying to work through. And it's sad and it's disgusting that it happens. But it happens. And mm-hmm. it's... Just the fact it it would be different if Trish is just telling her to get over it, but the fact that she actually murdered her mother and telling her to get over yeah. it is like even more disgusting. Yeah, it's Absolutely. even more disgusting. And the thing that I going into this season, I was hoping one. Of, well, I thought one of two things is going to happen. One is Isla Trish was going to become the main villain. Yeah. Or the alternative, and I'm really scared that this is what's going to happen now, is that she will make the heroic sacrifice, and that that will redeem her somehow. And mm. I don't think she's a character that deserves redemption. Uh, I think it's hard saying a character doesn't deserve redemption, because I think every every character deserves redemption in a way, to an extent. Yeah. Um, but I, I would prefer to see it as them as antagonists by the end of this season yeah. you know as uh, against each other because I feel like that's more what it's been building to 
Um, it's been building yeah. this, it's character development, it's been this building selfishness on Trisha's part. And it feels yeah. like this is, it does feel very natural, the character development, as it's within her character. But it feels oh, yeah, like yeah. It, it can only end badly between, and it's going to destroy this relationship between these, these two women. Um, if it turned out to be like some kind of heroic sacrifice, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd like that. Because I don't think it's in Trisha's character at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I would like. Uh, but I'm all I, have, I'm all open for her to redeem herself because I think. Yeah, I I want that. I would love to have that happen by the end of the season versus them ending the season as antagonists. I mm-hmm. I, I don't want that. I, mm. I I get what you're saying, and I I understand it, and I think before the season started, I I agreed. I thought that's where they were going, but I much rather have a bad guy that they can fight alongside each other while still learning mm. and walking a path of redemption. And mm-hmm. I'd rather it almost be like that, like almost like maybe the heroic journey of taking down this particular bad guy almost be more Trish's and Jessica's heroic journey being something along the lines of helping Trish become that hero. Mm. Like that's what I would love that because I think there are just too many shows where the women aren't friends and we've yeah. had this close with them. And I, oh God, I would love if they don't make it. So they're fighting each other at the end. I, I just, I'm, I, and I'm, I'm just hoping that that's not the case. I mean, obviously I, I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> there's only so many episodes left, but that's, uh, I don't know. I think they can fight up until that point, but I'm hoping it turns around, especially since we don't get another season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If there's this. This is if this show is having an end, and I don't know how much of an end they really got. You know what I'm saying? They, mm. but, but the fact that um, who's the showrunner? Uh, the showrunner Melissa Rosenberg. Thank. So she already knew that she was only doing three seasons. So I'm yeah. hoping that that's not how she chose to end her run. I think it's the one advantage that, for example, Luke Cage didn't get cancelled until after it was... Yeah, oh, Luke, oh, it breaks my heart. Yeah. But um, but Luke Cage didn't get a conclusive ending because they did it thinking they were getting another scene. Iron yeah. Fist ended with an open ending, not thinking that they had to have a definitive yeah. ending. Daredevil, you could work either way. I mm-hmm. think they probably saw the writing was on the wall when they did that. Yeah. Uh, Punisher, the way Punisher's kind of worked out, it was enough that it could be a c- conclusive ending for it. And the one thing I do think Jessica Jones will get a conclusive ending because I get the impression they were going into it going, oh, no, 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 we're getting cancelled at the end of this, so we might as well finish it properly. Yeah, or they, or they might not do a, th- a fourth season anyway. Yeah, um, they yeah, might, you know. Yeah, just because of the showrunner, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't like the idea of them ending with them being enemies in any sort of way. Mm. I don't, I don't like it. But, I mean, it is what it is. Obviously, we can't change it now. But yeah. My hope is that that's not the case. I would be very upset about that. We've gone over quite a bit with Trish. So, I mean, do you guys have any little additional notes in regards to her, because I mean, most of my stuff is is just <laughs> a lot of a lot of my notes are oh, Trish, 
because it's just the, the fact that you know it's just constantly Jessica saying no let's not do this that's a stupid idea and I understand Trish wanting to prove herself but her her constant thing of like oh there's the point where she's like nobody knows me I'm just like Trish shut up like the, the, yeah <laughs> the only thing I think I've got that doesn't cross over with another character mm-hmm. directly because. Everything I've got either crosses over with Malcolm or yeah. uh, Salinger. The only things that I've kind of got that um, is the in episode four where basically she inadvertently ends up having the bookie stab herself in the yeah. yes with the crowbar. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Would you mind? If, My if you note ha- was just uh, um, Trish. You just killed Sal. <laughs> just like yeah. uh, some kind of hero you are. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. even if she went to Jessica after that, Jess would be like, "Yep, you got in, you know, got in above your head on this." Yep. Mhm. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. There was one other. What was it? Because obviously she goes into. Because she also goes into Salinger's um, apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and has a look uh, around. She has a look around. Basically, again, does the exact same thing Jessica did. Though admitted this time, at least that's how Jessica's able to figure out about the saw. Yeah, that's how yeah. she figures out. Yeah. Um, and there was one other thing. Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Uh, I like that we definitively learn that she doesn't have super strength. Yes, yeah, it's good to so. know that. She's just, I mean, her her powers seem to be more like reflexes and yeah. seeing it in the dark. Yeah. She's uh, a cat. Yeah. Coffee, and coughing yeah. up she's, hair balls. She's more like a house cat. <laughs> yeah, she coughs up fur balls as well, Tammy. Because <laughs> she also, she, the other thing Trish does, and it's it's the one time she actually contributes, is she notices the bags as well. Oh, yeah, the, um, oh, yeah. the Ziploc bags. Or, and that yeah. ends up being important, obviously, the fact that the Ziploc bags are how he's keeping them fresh. Oh, <laughs> oh Alan, why did you put it like that? Uh, I, I like that this, yeah, this, her working um, on the QVC or the, whatever, the shopping channel is, like, really helped out in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, that's, yeah. But uh, as I said, everything else I've got either crosses over with Eric or crosses over with Malcolm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. The main thing we had was um, with her like almost killing Sal, which ugh. is ugh, is hardcore. And then she goes and calls and checks on her. Yeah. Well, it's a good job she's not dead, Trish. From her work phone. <laughs> From her work phone. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's it's work insane. Phone. Yeah, so, um, yeah, let's not talk about Trish anymore, because it makes me angry. Uh, it's annoying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about Eric really quick. So, we start off with this family barbecue with Dwayne and Sal, and Eric coming out of the pool, having <laughs> removed the weights. Um, and my favourite moment, I think, of the entire episode is, just because it made me laugh so much, was when Sal threw a hot dog and it hit Eric on the head. <laughs> I love it. It's just like, dunk, <laughs> a little hot dog off his head. Yeah. She's like, give me that. I'm like, what is she going to do with that? I knew she was going to do something. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As someone who's in a business with their father, it always warms my heart to see the kid get involved in the family business. 
throwing in the action man. Oh, stuff. Oh, that was so funny. It was so great. <laughs> Eric's face was brilliant. <laughs> See when you actually go into the pool of that scene. There's a third weight attached. So this thing about oh, there's two weights. There was a third weight. There's three weights <laughs> tied in. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. They can't count. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, next time it's going to be three weights, and he's like, you mean four? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or well, they filmed it on the same own. day. Yeah, maybe yeah. they probably did oh. film it on the same day. Um, I love the um, the buzzing on the soundtrack when Sal grabs Eric. We've got this buzzing as part of the the the, the soundtrack, and obviously it's his his asshole radar, whatever it is, going off. I like that. It's really cool. <laughs> we'll get to that because there's a there's a scene that that really ties in well with uh, towards the end. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I yeah. well, I love with his with his sort of radar as well. I love the bit where him and Jessica are standing outside Todd White's apartment, and Jessica's like interrogating Todd, and Eric's just standing in the background, like like drinking and holding his head. It just I don't know. It yeah. just made me laugh. It was funny. I think this I find this this actor really entertaining. He's doing such a good job of, like, just being in the background and having a really terrible headache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the definitely. best headache actor in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. great. Um, so what do we think about, because obviously a few scenes later, um, when Jessica is following Salinger, and then we see... Um, we see... Uh, uh, basically Eric there as well and we also see uh, the introduction of Barry, Brianna what do you guys think about Brianna? <laughs> I, well, I, I kind of love her but <laughs> yeah I love her as well I think she's great she's such a mess it's great <laughs> and I love Jessica repeatedly throwing her onto the bed yeah <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I did like because um, the one thing I did like with Eric is it's probably the first time he actually shows a bit of backbone, because that's all throughout the previous episode, uh, episode four. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Eric's kind of getting very... Like, he doesn't want to be there. Uh, I don't know if it's just because he wants to avoid the headaches, but yeah. like, every time they go into one of the, the marks, he's sitting there going, no, don't like it, don't like it, don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's get the money and go home. It was very. It's a. It's a very cliche thing as well because obviously when we see Barry, we don't know what their relationship is. But I was like, I bet it's going to be his sister because it's 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 very cliche. You know, you see two two people. Um, he's kind of grabbing her. I never thought that he was like, you know, going to off to have a good time with her. You know, he just picked up this girl, and then as soon as you hear them arguing in the room, I was like, it's it's his sister. It's the sister, you know. I also love that Malcolm picks up on it immediately. Yes, which <laughs> like, is great. There's no, there's no question. Whereas Jessica, I think she, just her emotions are on high alert, and mm-hmm. so she doesn't pick up on it. Yeah, because she's Even probably she's, like... Yeah. yeah, she's the one that trained Malcolm, and she doesn't pick up on it. Yeah, Malcolm is a good investigator. Too good. Well, hmm. <laughs> I think it's more the fact that Jessica's kind of still getting over the, oh my god, she, he just talked to the psychopath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they working together? Am I being screwed over here? Did you guys think at all that he was working with Salinger? Yes, because I keep still thinking he's a bad guy because I like him. Yeah. So. <laughs> Me too. 
I was like, oh no. And then, as you said, I was so glad that they kind of wrapped it up so quickly. You know, um, I thought that was great. I mean, it could be an elaborate plan. I mean, Salinger's clever enough. Salinger's clever enough. I don't want it to. I, I want him to be a good guy because I like Eric. Oh. I thought they were going to kiss each other the way they got close to each other. <laughs> what, Eric and Salinger? <laughs> yeah, maybe I just want everybody to kiss. I thought they were going to find out that they were like, secretly lovers or something. Will, you're like the anti-Josie. Josie doesn't want anyone to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the opposite. I want everyone to make out with each other. Oh, I just want to, to spread love around the world. Say, Will, yes. Will is all about love, not war. So, yeah. yeah, everyone to get along and be friends. Aww. Oh, Will, I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, that's I think that's pretty much it with Eric and Barry. Obviously, Barry is aware of his powers, we find out. Um, because she sort of rolls her eyes that there's another superhero, you know, around or super-powered person. Um, I think that's really it with them. I mean, um, Malcolm's not having a good time looking after Barry. Oh, and obviously we get Eric at the very end of the episode. Yes. Oh, no, don't kill him. I like him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, he's got to kidnap someone Jessica does care about. That's true. And he, you know... He did try and, like, blackmail <laughs> get him. money off. Yeah, blackmail him. So he knows that Eric knows his secret, so he that can't... And be he probably him. wants to know how as well. Because he's probably... He's so meticulous and narcissistic that he's probably like, how does this guy know that, you know, I've, I've, I've hidden my... I've, uh, I've covered my track so well. How did this guy figure it out? He doesn't know that he has a power. Yeah. The, the yeah. one... Which like makes me that. hope that he doesn't kill Eric because he wants to know how he knows, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. That's the one thing I did like about that scene is the second that Eric gets home, it's already in the background, the the hum, the buzz, the whatever, the headache noise. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you, yeah, and you hear it get louder. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm sitting there going, come on, come on, Eric. You, you know that this means bad people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Surely this is a radar. Someone's in the house. Maybe he just I, lives with like he's got really asshole neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, because my note on that was, I mean, couldn't you feel the headache from outside the door? Like, if if Salinger is like the worst person, which we're thinking he is, as far as you know, he's a serial killer, pretty bad guy. Like, how did he not feel that headache from? Outside the door, even. Mm. But yeah, you're right. If he has asshole neighbors, that that'll do it. Um, oh, he's got a really asshole cat. <laughs> yeah, there's there's asshole neighbors, and I don't unless he's got neighbors who are also serial killers. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I had on Eric was just that um, I thought it was interesting that his sister said that something along the lines of like because of his power, he's like ruined. It's it made it sound like. He ruined the life, their life. Like things that she's doing are almost because of things he's done. Mm. So, and we know that him talking from him talking with Jessica that he's tried to be a good guy mm. and it didn't work out. So, like I'm, I'm hoping we explore a little bit more of his backstory and what actually turned him to just blackmailing people. Yeah, and what what's happened in his life just say I, I do find his character and and that power really interesting i find him so yeah he's so much more interesting as a character than than um 
guy whose name I've forgotten. <laughs> He's that boring. What's his name? Artist dude. Yeah, him. I can't remember his what name. Uh, oh, artist the super dude. Uh, the superintendent. No, what's his name? Oh, oh. oh, yeah, yeah. That's how boring he is. I've forgotten his name. Uh, anyway, he's uh, he's so much more interesting than Vito's dad. Whatever. Vito's dad. His yeah. name has gone out of my head. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. his name. That's kind of ironic. Yeah, he's that boring. Right, let's talk about <laughs> Malcolm. Malcolm and Zaya. Do we want to do? Salinger, and then that just completes that plot line. Well, Salinger, there's the only scene I've got that he kind of has without anyone else is when I put uh, I, I put in my notes Salinger wearing gloves cuts the most perfectly sliced apple I've ever seen. Oh, he's wearing a Dexter suit, and yeah. there's a dead guy. <laughs> that was he's, my e- he's eating an apple. That's how you know he's an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Well, not According to Cinema Sins, yeah, wow. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna like throw apples. my apples out. <laughs> I'm throwing all my apples out. <laughs> no, I was being uh, sorry. Uh, I was being sarcastic. I should have explained. Yeah, according to know, according right, to Cinema Sins, if you eat an apple, that shows that you're an asshole. So. Yeah, because um, that's well, you have um, that scene, and then uh, uh, but almost immediately into that scene, you then have him kind of clearing up. Oh yeah! Yes. Oh yeah. We have to talk about that. His weird talking to the reflection. What was that about? I think it's something to do with the photos because he looks at the photo and it's obviously someone in in pain or in trying to get an appointment. It's almost like he's practicing his his upset face because he's not actually capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. So he's he's training himself to like he almost watches people. He kills and learns from their emotions. Mm. Yeah, and he is very meticulous. You're right because we even see the bit where he 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 um, packs everything away. He's got his own little you know thing for his darkroom kit. He takes his darkroom with him, you know, wherever he goes, and then he texts the guy he's just murdered. He texts his work to quit his job. Um, you know, so he's yeah, he's yeah. very meticulous. The, oh God, he's a creep. There's one other thing that. It's- through this episode, and it's, it ties in with him and it ties in with Trish. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. I did what well, one of the things I did as part of my university courses. I did six months doing forensics. Oh, cool! And sit and watch, and you get it so often with any of these programs. Like, but see the second they're not wearing a face mask, they're leaving their hair uncovered. I'm just sitting and going. It doesn't matter if you're wearing fucking gloves. <laughs> you're leaving so much trace evidence. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just... I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of just... It, it, it's a thing that's a problem with so many TV shows and movies that it kind of does gloss over a bit, but when the idea of the character is, oh, no, no, he is so meticulous, and something, he's not wearing goggles, he's not wearing a face mask... Maybe they're like, if, if he was wearing goggles or a face mask, then people would be like, who's this guy? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, and the suit doesn't do it itself. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I haven't got any other notes for Salinger, so we could go into Malcolm. We could go into Malcolm and Jerry together, probably, because it's kind of like the same plot, this plot with Peter, if you want. Uh, uh, you're the presenter. <laughs> I don't mind. Uh, so, um, so when we when do we see them first? So 
first of all, we get this little scene with Jerry at the start of the um, the first episode with this this really irritating woman installing tech for mobility in her apartment and talking about she's how to make a home safe. Doing her job. I know, but she's yeah. really irritating. I don't get did because it sounds like Hogarth invited her. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think it's. I think it's the. Yeah. I think I think it's that Hogarth is having um, uh, what is it? She's having infusions of radicava, I think is the name of the drug, um, which is going to leave her shaky. So I'm assuming she organised that through insurance, and then maybe this woman was sent to advise on stuff because of it, it would be like having chemotherapy. You know, it's going to yeah. make you very shaky. Jerry lives alone. She's going to need some, and she, like she says, you know, you can't in your condition, you can't afford to have a fall. So uh, she's kind of sorted all this stuff out, you know. So I don't think Jerry necessarily We've wants her to Jerry be there. Fall already, like yeah. Um, can, yeah. Can I just ask a question in advance because I haven't? Well, for obvious reasons, I've not listened to your previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we think Jerry's motivation is for what she's doing with with Kit? She doesn't want is to it, be lonely she, when she's yeah. ill. She wants she wants companionship. But. It's the same way, they're going to make a reference in the previous episodes that she left her for Wendy Mm -hmm. without letting her know. Look, she basically, the same thing that she then did to Wendy in season one. Like, she basically moved on to the next person without even having the courtesy of going to go in. Yeah, I don't think it matters that it's Kith in particular. Um, I think maybe it's just that Kith is, you know, as an ex who's there, and then Jerry's realised that um, there's a vulnerability there, you know, like maybe uh, maybe Jerry does does have a soft spot for her, but I don't think it matters particularly that it's Kith. I think Jerry just doesn't want to be alone. And and I don't I don't know if Jerry even knows that on a conscious level. I think Jerry's so used to just. Taking what she wants. Taking what mm-hmm. she wants and using and manipulating people the way she needs. Right. That mm-hmm. this, yeah. even though she doesn't see it this way, I mean, I I brought it up in the last time we recorded, was like, I, I hate the fact that she's going to try and throw Peter under the bus because that's not going to work in her favor, which mm-hmm. obviously it does not. <laughs> no. But for... But for Jerry, the way she sees people is like, well, if she doesn't have Peter, she'll have to come to me. I mean, I have this nice house. We have this history. It For her, it made sense that that's the way it will all work out. But she doesn't think big picture what that's actually doing to the person. Because mm-hmm. even if she's fooling herself that she cares about Kit, she really doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's so it's so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kit, like, Kit is going to give her that pill that kills her. <laughs> well, I, I wondered if that was the point. Yeah, that was why she was. She wanted when Jessica kind of almost kind of ref, refused or kind of pushed the issue. Well, that's where she went. Right, I need someone else I can trust. Who whoever got left? <laughs> oh, yeah. this person I used to date. Mm-hmm. She's not dead. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if it was just that thought or even just the thought like Claire like you said like that she just wanted somebody by her side because it's been kind of pounded in over the last couple episodes this whole idea of her being alone and Mm -hmm. dying alone 
And so I think for her, she's trying to scramble and say, I don't want to be alone. Let me see who I can get. Yeah. It's just, it's just. It's (laughs) sad. It's really sad. Depressing. Yeah. Yeah. It's depressing last season. It's depressing this season. One other thing. Uh, Where are Marcy and um, Foggy? Are they still part of the firm? I think Foggy has gone back to working with Matt and Karen, and they've started, like, Nelson, Page, and Murdoch. I don't know about Marcy. Yeah, but it just seems weird to me that those two characters have just kind of disappeared. Yeah, but it's it's the same thing, like you said, like, earlier, rather than calling Trish, why doesn't she call Matt or Luke or, you know, all these other people that she could call? Um, So, Malcolm has found this picture of young uh, Jerry and Kith on the internet. And uh, he's been working all night looking into this info about Peter and he's questioning his job, but he's unable to talk to Zaya about it because of this cause in his contract. Um, uh, and I've written, what are these three, three pronged things on the wall behind Malcolm? Cause there's these weird things sticking out of the wall and I have no idea what they are. I'll it's, have to post- um, it's a vault. It's like a, because what well, he mentions he's in the filing room. Well, that's mm. where his office is. Mm. So that's basically like um, it, it's like a safe type oh. vault type thing. Oh, so okay. It's basically, that will be where all the legal papers are, and everything that needs to be kept secure. Oh, thank you. Because I was like, thing. what is it? A coat hanger? I was like so confused. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, it, it doesn't. Security wise, doesn't work so well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, poor Malcolm having to have his office. Well, it's not as bad as some of the offices we've seen. Um, like Matt and Foggy in their first office, at, you know, when oh. it was in that store- storeroom. Um, so we see someone breaking into Malcolm's office through the window just as he leaves. And when he gets back, he finds Sal's info on his screen. And this is when he has this confrontation with Trish. Um, and she reveals her abilities to him. And he's shocked. Um, and she, she, I mean, tells him some truths, but she gets on her high horse a bit and says, uh, don't, um, you know, don't tell Jerry what I'm up to because I'm on the side of right and you're not. It's like, yeah, what does annoy me? Sorry, no, you go tell me, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say a little bit high horse, okay? (laughs) Us being very great. The highest horse there is. She's on a Pegasus flying over the earth. (laughs) My kind of point was... If you don't want to fight with Malcolm Trish, maybe don't sneak attack him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's sneak into his office. And jump behind him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... I, oh, Trish is just really irritating me in these episodes. Um, so, uh, Malcolm heads to Jerry's to tell her what he found on Peter. Um, and then he talks about finding this picture of, of her and Kith. Um and but then he says, you know, I assume you want to steal Kith, but it's, uh, and Jerry says it's none of your business. Uh, so he says he's got really, really good info, but he wants uh, financial and employment incentives uh, before he gives it to her. Um, and uh, she agrees after he threatens to quit. So then he reveals that Peter was using money from Zoe's fund, his daughter's fund, to buy presents for his girlfriends and pay their rent. Oh. That's pretty awful. <laughs> This yeah. scene is really weird because the whole the whole pl- what play up to this scene and everything that comes after as well 
you've got the whole world is Malcolm's feeling guilty, Malcolm's having second thoughts, and Jerry is the completely soulless, everything is about the objective. And yeah. in this scene, Malcolm's the one going, give me more money, you know, kind of selling himself out and and tries to cash in. And Hogarth's the one that goes, okay, I'm not going to release this information because it could hurt people. I don't uh, think she says that so much, does she? Well, she, she? She basically goes, let's not release it for now because it won't just destroy his life, it'll destroy Kit. Yeah. Mm, I mean, it, yeah, it, true. It doesn't yeah. last long. It, it, it literally lasts until the first time she picks, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she picks like, him over her. Yeah. yeah. Until the next scene where she has sexy times with Kith at the concert. But that's exactly where I I was going with this whole idea of Malcolm being so wishy-washy. Yeah. I think he does have remorse, but not as much as probably a normal human being at this point would. And he doesn't have that much remorse until the not even him releasing the information, mm-hmm. but the aftermath of what Peter does, which mm-hmm. fuck that guy. But anyway, like I'm sorry, I feel absolutely no remorse about Peter. Yeah. I, I feel nothing. I don't feel bad for him. He's a chicken shit. I fucking hate him. Yeah. So whatever. He, he blames it all on he blames it all on yeah. Jerry when he is the one that did this thing. Yeah, for for years. For years. For years. So this is like yeah. It's not just Jerry you blames, uh, but um, the other thing I was going to say is, I take it that the solid plot one that they've got building is this idea of Malcolm's continually hiding things from... From Zaya. Um, Zaya. So, yeah. so like, for instance, he hides the... Well, twice to hide the tape that he's watching. Um, what is that he's watching? Well, when he was watching, when he was watching it the other the other episode, the other, um, the it other was episode, it was Peter having sexy times with a student, but um, Zaya thought that it was porn. And then, uh, like, I mean, we guess it, it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's able to kind of argue with that that oh, you know, this is stuff I can't talk about because it's a case that's you know, it's literally the contract you designed. Um, yeah. But then it's stuff like. He hides the reason that he's going off for a few days. Uh, at the same time that he's hiding that, if if she didn't hear the fact that there's a woman shouting in his apartment in the background, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, really loud, and you know, and well, we'll see if she's left anything behind. I have a feeling she might have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I really, really like Saya. I think she's telling Malcolm truths he needs to hear. Yeah. Um, it's like especially this whole thing with Peter. Like she doesn't obviously know the whole thing, but she realizes that Malcolm had something to do with that, and she is very clear with him, saying like, "This has nothing to do with you. This is all on him. This actually has nothing to do with Jerry. This is definitely like at some point, if Malcolm didn't release this information, obviously it was pushed to this quick, you know, mm-hmm. level. But at some point, this would have come out." Kid yeah. would have learned about this. Other people would have learned about this because you can't continue hiding, stealing money from an organization yeah. forever. Like someone would have found it. But I, the fact that Zaya is there for him and says, "Like this isn't your fault. Just you know, the, 
you don't have anything to do with this. And also she tries to get Malcolm to share what's happening with him. And he doesn't have to talk about the case. Like this is, <laughs> this is the thing with communication. It doesn't have to be specific to what's physically happening. You mm. can share. I'm going through things at work. Here's how I'm feeling about it. I yeah. can't share with you the details, but as a partner, this is what's going on with me. He yeah. could have done that. And he just keeps shutting her out. And she's, she might just leave him because he's just not, he's not letting her in. Yeah. And that's more, I think, to do with him just feeling so much um, shame around what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. He's pushing her away. Yeah. I, I just, I love Zaya and Malcolm is also getting on my nerves much like, yes, <laughs> much like Tr- not as much as Trish, but Malcolm is also getting on my nerves. Yes. <laughs> is the one thing that Jessica Jones does poorest of I think all the Marvel shows is of all the Marvel shows I think it's the one with the weakest side characters mm, in general I don't you know, I don't know because like there was some side characters in some of the other shows that I wasn't a big fan of like uh, Joy but then Joy was balanced out with Ward who I love that's, <laughs> so. that's the thing there's, there's not a, unlike Iron Fist or Luke Cage where there's at least a couple of interesting side characters yeah there's not a Ward or a, or a Misty yeah, there's not someone exceptional kind of elevating these side characters. Or a Kyle, Tammy. Yeah. Mm, I love Kyle. <laughs> oh, I've, I've gone through that. I, I've not got to the bit where you've heard the ice, where you've seen the ice cream scene yet, so I'm looking uh, forward to uh, Well, you'll also hear our interview with Kyle, because we had him on the podcast, so... Yeah. That was fun. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yes, brilliant. <laughs> I had to. That was a present for Tammy from me. <laughs> Because I knew how much she loved him. Uh, So we get uh, Sexy Times with Kiff and Jerry, part two, in the next scene, where, oh my God, this is so hot. (laughs) When they're sitting watching the music and they're holding hands, it's really hot. Oh, they're not holding just hands. No, they're not holding hands. They're holding other parts. But yeah, it was, it was, it was very hot. I loved it. It was great. I do love that Jerry Hogarth is the character that gets the most sex of anyone. Yeah, she gets more than Matt Murdock, and that's saying something. And it's it's nice that it's a an older female character that this is happening with. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I love I love the character of of Hogarth like. As a side character, she, I think she's the strongest one out of this. Absolutely. This um, the show. She's stronger than Trish. She's like so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they just give her the most because I think as an actress, she also can handle the most emotion. Like she's so good. Yeah, and she's very good at um, being. I mean, she's a horrific human being in oh, a lot absolutely. of the stuff she does, <laughs> but she's so good. She she still remains. I still feel bad for her. Yeah. I still am like, Jerry, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. Well, that's, it's, it's literally, it's just, she goes back, uh, she leave, they leave the, the, um, the musical, it's a musical, the, the concert, sorry. <laughs> and, um, and literally the reason that she chooses to ruin this man's life is because, her fuck buddy went back to her husband instead of going to bed yep. with her. Yeah. And that's when she's like, right, release it. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, messed up. That's yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's so messed up. Like, yeah, Jerry, what are you doing? So, <laughs> <laughs> so we find out obviously later what happens. Uh, well, first of all, Kiss goes and cries to Jerry about Peter, and Jerry's like, don't worry, I'm gonna I'm gonna 
take care of everything. We hear about this son, Laurent, who um, they believe has like arrived at the apartment because Kith told him that she was there, but it's actually Peter. And Peter blames Jerry for everything because he's like, oh, I was going to tell tell her any day now. Were you? Were you really, Peter? Mm. He's I'm a, a uh, fucking terrible human, that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the yeah. same time, it's like, come on, put two and two together. Of course he's going to figure out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and he and he is right, but you know. No, yeah. but he's also no. He's right about he's right about Jerry. You know that it yeah. was to it was to get Kith, but uh, yeah, he's projecting but, everything onto Jerry. Yeah, exactly. But he did that to himself. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, I, oh, I can't stand him. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I have so much angry feelings. That's all right. I'm sorry. Worry. I apologize to Will, who only wants love. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. So get along and... and I'm the balance in the middle I'm just like meh <laughs> whatevs <laughs> um, so uh, yeah so um, I think the next sort of scene we have is when um, Zaya shows Jerry the, the video by Peter I guess he's like released it on YouTube or something Yeah. naming Jerry Which... as unethical and I, I like that in this as well he brings up this whole thing again of superhero vigilante defence like um, that Jerry um, clears clients that are accused of murder and assault. And I like that 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 then brings her story as well, tying into this whole idea of what is a hero. I don't get... Firstly, what does... He has no reason to believe that that has anything to do with what happened to him. Mm -hmm. So why is he bringing that up? I mean, I can... From a storyline, I can see why, because that will then turn people against Jessica. I would have thought... And this is why I was asking about Foggy, is that surely if you're going to tie it into defending superheroes, Foggy's the one that defended Luke Cage. Foggy's the one that defended the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the one, you know, Hogarth very much outside, well, outside Jessica Jones really hasn't defended. She worked with Danny, but he's not known to be, you know. Exactly. He's, he's not out as a um, superhero. And again, it's nothing to do with the situation he found himself in. It wasn't like, if it had been Jessica that had found the evidence, I could maybe see that, but it's the fact that it's, he just seems to kind of bring it out of nowhere. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it does I, come out of nowhere. I think it comes out of the writers being like, uh, <laughs> we, need to... we, need a, we need a further challenge for Jessica. <laughs> yeah, we need to bring it in. I like that it ties it in with everything else that's going on, but yeah, it's very much like, uh, quick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because the only connection there is really, like, when Foggy is defending these people, most of the time he's been working with Jerry on that. So, really, it's still under her purview. It's, like, still her company or whatever, her law firm that's been doing it. But, I mean, I guess the whole thing is, like, he's just doing that, you know, despite Jerry. But anybody watching that could see that that's what it is. Like, I don't think any person watching it would think oh is that why you stole from your dead daughter's charity mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like you know and, and uh, it's just it's yeah, a, a it's, sad pathetic attempt to yeah. like garner also, sympathy and also hurt Jerry. it's him being like um yeah i stole from my dead dead daughter's yeah. um charity but, I'm not the only but, one doing but, bad things. but look at this woman she's a defense lawyer and she's defended people <laughs> Yeah. Also, <laughs> one, one little thing I don't get. Um, how did the video get uploaded? Uh, I guess it was like live, like maybe. 
yeah, Facebook but, Live or something. I don't know. But you know that way I'm kind of sitting there going, what? Whenever they do like videos of stuff like that, I'm going, how could? Eh. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Have posted their videos of their suicides, and it's been like this yeah. type thing. And I think that's kind of what they were going trying for. to go with. Mm. Yeah, so that's which is yeah very sad yeah, um but yeah so that's that's what i think they were trying to do but yeah uh. um so obviously jerry is shocked i don't think she's necessarily upset that Pete is dead no but obviously no. is kind of thinking about how it affects her unfortunately uh, the police want to talk to her she tries to call kith but there's no answer later on when uh she calls kith kith tells her to stay away from her oh I like Zaya's like all over it. Like, all right, we got to get your defense together. This is what we're gonna say. Yeah. This is all. She is all business, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're kind of doing Malcolm and and uh, um, uh, Jerry now. So there's one last scene with Malcolm, which is when Zaya and Malcolm discuss Peter, and um, because the firm is now hemorrhaging clients. Um, and this is when Malcolm feels bad, but Zaya says it's not his fault. But then we have the scene where. Yeah, Barry is searching her couch cushions for her earring, like a lunatic. But I like this scene that he immediately guesses that she's off her meds, and he's right. And I was yeah. like, I liked that he guessed that and was correct, seeing as we know that he's got a history with, like, narcotics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought that was a really nice little detail. And then Malcolm gets uh, punched out by Gore for his, his troubles <laughs> of looking after Barry. Yeah. And yeah I'm surprised Salinger didn't go for... But Barry, as he threatened to, I have to be perfect. Honest. Maybe he didn't know where she was staying because she's not staying with Jessica, so he doesn't right. know about the relationship between Jessica, Jessica and, Malcolm. and Malcolm. Yeah, so you know he wouldn't really know where to where to go and find her. I guess. Hmm. I don't know. Um, and that's the end of the episode, guys. Do you have any additional notes on any of the characters? Any other points you want to bring up? Got quite a lot of Easter eggs, so I hope your tummies are empty. Yeah, I think that's it. Cool. At least okay. that's what I got. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much, yep. So, uh, here's some Easter eggs from Den of Geek. So, first one is about Eric. Uh, Eric's full name is Eric Gelden, which means that we finally have confirmation who he is from the comics. Eric Gelden is an exceedingly minor Marvel Comics villain known as Mindwave. He, f- <laughs> he first appeared, appropriately enough, in the pages of Daredevil number 133 in 1976. Um, comic Eric was more of a traditional telepath uh, than a sort of empath that he is in the show. And he's got a very goof- goofy helmet that uh, kind of beefs, beefs up his powers. It's yellow with like a pink visor. It's kind of fabulous. It's great. Um, in the comics, he ended up dying a couple of times. Um, so you know uh, yeah um, he's such a minor character they say that they don't think anyone's going to be really upset that he doesn't have his his, uh, helmet in the show and there's uh, some information about the really really weird comic history of Eric so I'm going to go into that a bit more over the next couple of weeks because it's quite fun Um, so uh, they actually mention as well that they did the child porn angle in the Punisher season 2 so yeah you were right about that Alan um, so in what's almost certainly a coincidence, we visit the Thomas Moreau Concert Hall, which shares a name with the mutant named Ze- Zealot. But I don't think it's on purpose because it's such a minor sort of X-Man character. Um, 
creepy asshole, as they describe him, Gregory P. Salinger, shares a name with the second Marvel Comics character to adopt the moniker of... Are you ready? This is the best name for a villain ever. Okay. You, you ready, Will? You ready, Tammy? You ready, Alan? Ready. His yep. moniker is Fool Killer. <laughs> Fool Killer? Fool Killer, yeah. F O O L K I L L E R. Oh, fool killer. Fool killer. Okay. Yeah, a zealous, often villainous vigilante. While this character doesn't wear a costume on TV, his black tactical garb and ski mask almost feel like a scaled-down version of the Kurt Gerhardt version of the character. Um, so I'm going to go again go into his character a bit more in the next few weeks. Um, the wild shot of his eyes in the ski mask at the end of the first episode after he stabbed Jessica, there's actually a, um, a panel from the comics um, of, that kind of mirrors that as well, like his kind of wild eyes behind this mask, um, which is quite cool. Um, and a weird bit of a connection in the comics, Gregory Salinger went to college with Peter Parker and Jessica Jones. What? <laughs> I don't think that's happening. <laughs> you can't imagine Salinger in a class with like Tom Holland, Spider-Man. <laughs> I just can't imagine because isn't Aunt Jessica Jones and Spider-Man like like <laughs> really close in the comic book? Like, Look, Jessica yeah, she she had a him. massive crush on him at school. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, so Jessica staying to talk to the cops and Trish leaving to protect her anonymity. This seems to mirror the way things went down when Jessica's mother died. Uh, so they think it's going to head towards a collision course with um, Trish's identity being out in the world. Um, the. Uh, the show's fake social media is called Chow Hive and Insta Yap. Oh, oh for God's sake. Chow Hive and Insta Yap. Um, so, Salinger keeping the bodies of his victims in a tank feels like a vague callback to the very first fool killer, because there's been a lot of fool killers, guys. His name was Ross Everbest, who kept his first kill, a priest, floating in a weird tube. <laughs> like you do. Um, and... I think that's it, really. Um, they talk about the fight at the end between Eric and Gregory being like the fight in Unbreakable. But I think that's that's a real stretch, Den of Geek. Yeah. I mean, you have chokeholds in a lot of things, you know. But apart from that, Den of Geek, thank you for the Easter eggs. And that was your Easter eggs, guys, for this week. So now it's time for quotes, if you're not too full to, to say your quotes. And Alan, you're our guest, so you can go first. Okay, certainly. Um, well, I've got... Three in total, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, four. Uh, so, the first one I've got here is when Salinger's talking to uh, Jessica. Jessica kind of makes a snarky comment, oh, you researched me, and his response is, particle physics requires research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I figured you out in an afternoon. Oh, he's such an arsehole. I love it. <laughs> Uh, I have one between Malcolm and Zaya, which I think is Zaya mm-hmm. saying to Malcolm, you yep. taste like rock star and sadness. <laughs> yeah, I had that one. It made me laugh. Go, Tammy. Uh, um, I've got Barry when she's leaving. Mama gotta work. <laughs> <laughs> That's, is that what you say when you leave the house, Tammy? For every day. <laughs> <laughs> Will, do you have any quotes? Uh, I got um, Eric. Did you fly here or something? Do you need a ride? <laughs> <laughs> talking to Trish. <laughs> oh, if Trish could fly, oh, 
the Rego reviewers. I've got one by Sal, which is <laughs> when Trish beats up Dwayne, Sal goes, Dwayne, my baby! And it just made me laugh. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I've got Jessica to um, Eric. You make my life choices look good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, Alan, have you got any more? Uh, yeah, a few more. Um, clingy, smallowing, and tenacious. A sweater that won't quit, even when I ask it to. <laughs> That's totally right. Which, uh, over the phone, uh, and you just sit there and, this is when the co-host figures out they're not talking about sweaters. Yes. Yeah, it's like, uh, what? Uh, I don't know if I have any more. Go ahead. Oh, I oh. thought the bit where he, Salinger, sees the hand lying on the floor and he goes, oh, Do I God. know you? I thought that was really creepy. Oh, that was really yeah, funny. Good. Yeah. Yep. That was great. Well, Try not to get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like when Jessica tells Trish, Go find your own bad guy. <laughs> yeah. I've got as well Gregory Salinger, bachelor, non fiction fan, worm enthusiast. Ugh, oh, on a side note. Did Jessica? Do you think Jessica sent Trish off to set, look and appointed Trish in Sal's direction? The fact that she said, "I'm explicitly not going after this person." Oh, probably, yeah. And then Trish was like, "Well, I will." Um, oh, Trish is the worst. I, I've got two more. Uh, one mm-hmm. of which is a serious one. One of which is a funny one. Okay. So, serious one. Uh, towards the end of the fifth episode, she is thirty seconds. Oh yeah. Twenty nine. 28 and then the scene cuts from there yeah yeah that was Uh, great and there was one which is after there was a random power cut at Salinger's (laughs) flat and you just hear someone yeah oh crap there goes the (laughs) (laughs) I love that I'm sorry I know we're done talking about the episodes but what why was there a random power cut is that gonna come back I think Trish, that's that was so, Trish um, knocking the was power out, wasn't it? it? I thought yeah, it was. Because then Jessica yeah. walked in, because she was going to follow Trish, but okay. then she sees the power goes out, and I think Jessica's then like, oh, Trish has got this. So then she leaves and goes after yeah. and follows Salinger. Oh, so the camera's So the surveillance, yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. Oh. I thought Thank that was you. it. I, I, I couldn't figure it out, so thank you. I've got one more quote by Salinger, which is, he says to Jessica, I'm so far beyond you, you look like an ant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, what a creep. Ridiculous. For some reason, I mean, it's not funny, but for some reason, the way she's, uh, Trish said, I wish I didn't kill your mom, or <laughs> I wish I hadn't killed your mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, my... <laughs> I had that, and then after that, I put in all capitals, Was that so hard, Trish? Was that so hard? <laughs> oh, um, that's, that ties into. Da, 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 da. Please let it go. Oh, yeah. That's the when I wanted to punch Trish through the screen. Ugh. Uh, well, now it's time to rate the episode. Not rate Trish, because I know what it would be, I think, for this week, but we can rate the episodes. Uh, Tammy, do you want to go first? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I like the second episode more than the first, but only slightly. I thought they were both really solid episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the danger factor in the second one was pretty great. Um, so the first uh, episode I gave 8 out of 10 murder snacks. <laughs> and then the second one, 8.5 out of 10 superhero lawyers. Nice. 
cool. Uh, Alan, do you want to go next? Okay, um, I'm slightly the opposite in that I actually found episode four to be the stronger episode, um, maybe because it was just the stuff, as I kind of mentioned, the fact that they seemed to be trying to slightly reconciliate Jessica and, and Trish I didn't like. Mm. Um, so the first episode, oh, fourth episode, I'm giving nine confrontations of epicness <laughs> and episode five I'm giving seven and a half half-assed Trish apologies oh yeah Ugh. Uh, William yes <laughs> do you want to go next <laughs> sure um, yeah I thought they were both solid episodes I like that we finally find out who the big bad is and you know that story's into motion i think salinger is a great well he's a good villain so far i like eric um i like jerry um so i'll give the first i'll give both episodes uh the first episode eight and a half out of ten uh particles physics equations <laughs> and the second episode, eight and a half out of ten moms that I wish I hadn't killed. <laughs> oh no! Did you kill all, all of our moms? Oh no! Or Trish was it? She hasn't killed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trish. Um. Yeah, I thought these two episodes were both really solid. I really like the character of Eric. Um. I think the actor is really entertaining. Um. I still can't remember painter guy's name. That's how boring he was to me. It's just gone. Maybe I'll remember it again, but yeah, I think Eric is, is more entertaining. Um, so uh, I'm going to give them both, and I haven't thought of a rating, so I have to think of it off the fly. Um, 8.5 out of 10, I'll give uh, episode 4, 8.5 out of 10, uh, shut up Trish. And I'll give episode 5, 8.5 out of 10, mystery flying hands. <laughs> through the window so that gives episode four an average of 8.3 out of 10 and let me just add up uh, the other one because i can't add up 7.5 oh my calculator is not working so i can't work out that one what's the figures <laughs> eight eight point five eight point five and seven point five so eight 8 plus 8 plus 5, 16 point 5, 25, uh, 32.5, 8.25. Oh, lovely. Thank you. So, yes, yeah. so episode 4 got a slightly higher score. Thank you. I don't need a calculator. You can do that every week if you want, Alan. That's great. Uh, unfortunately, I, <laughs> I only have access to fast internet this week. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Uh, so this week we don't have any feedback which is my fault probably because I didn't remind everyone that we were recording um, but hopefully we'll have some next week right right Alan right you definitely right, will yay so uh, here is time that I tell you what's going to happen next week so next week's episode is oh my computer is suddenly going very very slow which probably means it's like it's bedtime Claire it's bedtime Okay, so episode six is AKA Sorry Face. As the police sift through the gruesome crime scene, Jessica and Trish race to find Salinger's latest captive. Is the latest captive Eric? 
Mm. I'm assuming so. No. <laughs> no. If it's somebody else, that would be really strange. Yeah. <laughs> He's really industrious if it's someone else. <laughs> Um, I'm assuming because I think these are the Netflix descriptions and they always keep them very vague so they obviously don't want to say that Eric's been captured um, so I'm assuming it's Eric and episode 7 is called aka the double half Whoppinger Jessica and Trish go on a road trip to dig into Salinger's past and unearth a horrifying discovery okay uh, Eric's dead <laughs> <laughs> Eric's dead <laughs> the discovery is Eric's dead <laughs> It says for the other one. Yeah. So any predictions for what's going to happen next week? We we find out Salinger actually killed Jessica's mom. Which <laughs> 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 just filmed very strangely. <laughs> then Trish would, I bet Trish would be like, oh, now I, now I, I what am I going to do with this righteous, you know, <laughs> righteousness that I have? They're going, they're going to um, assume that Jessica's the one that uh, uncovered the secret and they're going to go after her because she worked mm. with Hogarth like with um, Peter mm. uh, that's what they're going to do that and they're going to go after uh, Jessica for it and that's going to make Malcolm feel even more guilty mm. something's got to give with Malcolm he's going to get busted yeah, it's got to happen uh, so uh, Alan thank you so much for being our guest it's very nice. I enjoyed it. I wish I'd come earlier. <laughs> well, there's always well, another chance. No, there isn't because this is the last no. series. But if we carry on with the podcast, we'll all, let you know. <laughs> if you have other podcasts, I'd love to join. Oh, awesome. Uh, do, as I said, do still game because it would be. I just want to see Americans' reaction to it, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we'll add it to the list. We've got a very long list of shows that we want to cover, haven't we, Tammy? Yep. We'll be podcasting into our 80s. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> then we'll be podcasting the Golden Girls. But the Golden Girls will be our actual lives. <laughs> well, <laughs> It'll be a reality. Yeah. To put it in perspective where I am with Defenders, I'm at uh, Calamichi Fashion Cast. Calamichi Fashion Cast, yeah. Yes. I've oh. not listened to that, but. Yes. Well, we've had, we've had another podcast since then, or another two podcasts since then. Which we, we can mention it, but in the, where can people find you, Alan? So I have a podcast of my own, um, which is called Rise of the Robots. Uh, it is a robot combat rewatch podcast. Oh, nice! So at the moment we're covering Robot Wars. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, so we're we've just finished season one. Uh, the review episode comes out uh, tomorrow at time of taping uh, for this episode. Um, and we also will be covering uh, a few other series such as BattleBots, um, King of Bots, which is a Chinese series, BoggleBots, which is the kind of most recent series. I like that it's, so, it's a very niche podcast. I like niche yeah. podcasts, and I like that you're like, we're going to cover stuff, but only if it's robots fighting. I love that. Um, well, to put it in perspective, we've just finished the first series we're covering, um, we're covering 34 series of television, not including bonus episodes. Nice. That's pretty cool. Um, and also, for anyone who's watched BattleBots, uh, I'll just get this plug in. Uh, our most recent episode that's been released um, bef- uh, was actually an interview that we had with uh, Sarah Malian, who is the woman behind Nelly the Elliebot, which just <laughs> been BattleBots. That's the best name ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. Cool. Uh, Will, have you been up to anything lately you want to plug, apart from being on the big gay boat ride? <laughs> no, that's how can you follow the big gay boat ride? There's nothing <laughs> anything you can do, you know. It's kind of, you know, just relaxing, enjoying the summer. Nice. Uh, Tammy Sams, what have you been up to? I know what you've been up to, but, you know, why don't you yeah. say it? Uh, let's see, you and I were, like, joined at the hip bone. Uh, so we've <laughs> Which been bones? Them the- bones. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been covering The Prisoner. We just finished the 1960s, late 60s series, and we're about to start on the six episodes of the 2009 series, which... We'll see how that goes, but it's yeah. only six episodes. So none of us have seen it. It's going to be interesting. Never, yeah, none of us have seen it. And then um, we also have been recording once a month, Absolutely True True Crime, a deadly serious podcast, where we just released an episode mm, last week, Sunday. So yes, that would have so. been the 20-something. So <laughs> just go look it up. We've had four episodes out. Uh, we talk about the most important crime, which is true true crime. And we are deadly serious about it. So we're very serious about it. Very serious. Awesome. So, there's that. Cool. Uh, thanks for sending that, Alan. I'll put it in the um, I'll put it in the show notes. Thank you very when much. When I release it, so I'm gonna save that thanks. link. Let me go on there now. Awesome. Um, okay, so that's uh, that's it for this week. So, Alan, you get the honour of taking us out with a uh, Excelsior or a Damn You Trish, whichever one you want. Go away, Trish. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives, 3.0, Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!